Hey everyone, it's Kate. I am here to ask for a little help before the show today. We have a Google form right down there in our show notes that you can click to give us your feedback. We want to know about your favorite hosts, your favorite topics, what you like, what you don't, and we want to use it all to make the show better. So make sure you go to the show notes, click that link or paste it into your browser and let us know what you think when this episode is done. Here's the show. Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a roundtable conversation about pop culture with guests from around the But Why Though writing community. I'm your host, Alex, joined this week by Catherine. Hi, everyone. And Matt. Hello. This week, we are talking about game prices, specifically that $70 creep. Uh, But before we dive into that, there is some big news as of today that we wanted to go over, which is specifically HBO Max and Discovery Plus under the Warner Brothers brand (laughs) merging into Max. Um, yeah, a lot of big corporations at play here. And for, uh, literally for it to just boil down to, Hey, there's a new streaming service. That's actually old streaming services. And also we're going to mess up the price tiers and do stuff. Uh, Matt, you want to explain a little bit about what happened? So one, obviously they took HBO max and made max, which also is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, and they made it blue. It's very bright blue. It oh, looks, is it blue? now? It looks like the Facebook logo, except instead of Facebook, oh, no. it says max. I don't care for that. No, I like it, the purple, honestly. I don't yeah. like the purple. But I guess for the biggest thing for like this whole stuff outside the tiers, which I guess we can talk about in a second of like confusion of what they are, because now that's the blue tier, ultimate tier, mm-hmm. new stuff. of. We've seen this with other stuff, like Paramount and Showtime. They have add-ons, but they kind of mix together. They've merged, but not merged. But I think about mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, they kind of have overlapping audiences, you know, like Paramount. You yeah. know, you can watch Star Trek, but it's a drama. Showtime, they got dramas or whatever. You know, you have an overlapping mm-hmm. possible. HBO Max and Discovery Plus have, like, no overlap whatsoever. They don't. Well, and, and I was reading, apparently part of why they're they're merging and doing away with the HBO part of it is because they think they'll reach a wider audience by dropping the HBO because it's known for highbrow television, and they want people to know that there's more than just that. How dare you call Discovery Plus lowbrow television, first of all. <laughs> As the Discovery Plus person, I guess, on this podcast, yes. I'm assuming. Because I don't believe it. Do you, I mean, I guess, Catherine, do you watch HBO? I, I don't. Um, I do sometimes when I have access to it by way of friends. Passwords. You know, fair enough. Yeah, but Discovery Plus, I, I'm sorry, Matt. I don't even know, like... That even existed. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Matt. Matt is the ambassador for Discovery What's Plus. What's even on Discovery Plus? So like, why would they even? Oh, Discovery- Matt, oh why that is a fantastic <laughs> thing to ask. Oh my god. So what is on Discovery Plus? One, you have the best cinematic universe in existence of Nine Day Fiance and their twenty-five shows. <laughs> <laughs> is it really twenty-five? I think it's eleven. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they all have about eight seasons at this point. My God. That's still too much. It's great. It's fantastic. It's the ultimate crossovers. It's what what people wanted in Marvel, but done better. It's crazy. Um, but no, the the funny uh, as far as Discovery Plus, why we say no about the I think it's everything from HGTV, the Food Network, the Cult uh, Station, which is uh, Magnolia Network, all the Waco people. Mm-hmm. Um, then you obviously have Lifetime, TLC, the History Channel, uh, Animal Planet, the Science Channel. 
obviously regular Discovery, Discovery Originals, which is apparently like another mm-hmm. channel of a channel. That's like the CBS oh. <laughs> All Access type channel of CBS. And then okay. I, I'm sure there's like three or four, but yeah, it's like actually like 12 to 15 different networks worth of content. It's huge. Yeah. I, so here's the thing. I have a hard time being mad about getting access to more content because I already have HBO Max. I don't know how much of it I'll actually go through. I don't know how navigable all of this is going to be. I mean, I feel like a lot of a streaming service kind of lives and dies by how good its app is or how, you know, how good its interface is. And Which so if HBO's you're going to be terrible. Yeah. And so merging a, a pretty massive company into that is like, is it just going to get more like obtuse and, and ridiculous? And maybe it will. Maybe they'll take some cues from Discovery Plus. Maybe they'll just redesign something entirely new. Uh, but yeah, that is something that I'm kind of not as excited about. Um, but again, it's the same for me because anyone who already has HBO Max is just going to get rolled over to Max with no price change, I believe. Although that might have been a no price change asterisk for now. I'm worried Ooh. about because I think right now Discovery Plus, if you have that alone, you get to keep that alone. But I'm worried oh, that that's I because cool. I will be worried that we might get moved into HBO Max because Discovery How Plus much is, is Discovery. I think it was like I think it's like five or six dollars. I think it's like okay, one is like I think ad is four dollars and then like non ad is like seven. Yeah, so and HBO we're, Max we're really is good like, still at seven dollars. We're fine. I don't need to pay twenty dollars yeah. for Titans. Well, and so that's that's the thing. The so there's now there's an ad free or there's an ad tier which I think is worrisome because that just tells me that everyone's going to start moving to having an ad tier the way that Hulu has been doing it. Yep. Um, And then there's the middle tier, which is basically roughly the same price point as HBO max and you get everything. And then there's the ultimate tier, which is $20 a month and it gets you the exact same content, but in 4k and it gets you uh, up to a hundred offline downloads at a time. And I think that's it. Yes. Which for me, the, it's the paywalling 4K is the. the I thought worst we got rid of that. that. I thought we dumped that already. Why are we going back to that? I mean, Netflix, I think, was the only person paywalling 4K. And it's, I, and it's always been the most out, not the most, but it's been one of the more outdated parts of their model is to, to you know, hide it behind that. But I know Curiosity Stream did it for a while, but nobody cared because it was like either $1 or $2 in a month. And yeah. so it was like, that's fine. Well, and I think that what they're not realizing is that a lot of TVs at this point, I personally, I think they upscale 1080p enough that the average person will not notice that it's not 4K. Yeah, that's why I don't pay like, for it. Can I'm, you tell, I'm Catherine, sure can you people... tell the difference? Because I can't. I know. No. Basically Alex. No. Plus also, like, I think the whole, like, pay- I, as someone who doesn't, like, actively have HBO Max and then Discovery plus 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 what have you um fair <laughs> like i if i'm getting an app for streaming service i at least have an idea of what that streaming service has in terms of its content usually it's a cohesive like mm-hmm. thought idea or theme and the pairing of the two just seems really like too much it's almost like bordering on the like the the gamer side of like wanting more content and I don't want mm. more content. For, like, if I want to watch HBO stuff, I'm going to watch HBO stuff. I don't need to watch Disney Plus Max stuff. It's good to have that in my, I guess, arsenal. Yeah. But I'm just paying more for things that I didn't even want in the first place. Yeah. Right? Like Apple, like Apple, actually, Apple TV like, has their specific curated things and all their shows mm-hmm. kind of a theme with it as well. So the, yeah, the this message kind of dilutes the brand. Yeah. What's well, the funny thing? Because we're, we're back flipping back into cable because now we're having to pay a lot yeah. more for a bunch of crap we didn't want in the first place, which is why we got rid mm-hmm. of cable 
in the first place. Yeah, it just seems like it's a, it is like em, uh, emulating cable TV at this point. The funny part about all this yeah. as well is the only good thing for HBO Max is not even actual HBO Max. It's HBO proper, which is, to be fair, highbrow t- television. But that is the only mm-hmm. good content. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you've all even watched any of the actual HBO originals. They're actually ter- or HBO Max originals. So most of them are terrible. I don't know what constant. I know that there's a difference, but I don't know which shows are Max originals and which shows are HBO originals. I mean, basically any of the ones that are good, like Game of Thrones or uh, like the House of the Dragon stuff, Succession, um, The Last of Us, those are HBO proper. Um, okay, here. DMZ. Got the, got the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Raised by Wolves, Gossip Girl, Station Eleven, DMZ, uh, Julia, Tokyo Vice, The Staircase, Pretty Little Liars, Original Sins. Um, and that's just the the drama category. And then there's yeah, love life, flight attendant, generation, made to love. Um, yeah, okay, so yeah, this is like there's a couple shows on here that I think are considered like pretty good, but maybe not as many as you would want for your original streaming service. <laughs> yeah, not for uh, Netflix type tier prices without Netflix tier content. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. even argue Netflix tier content's gone down, but it's still not. Bad. Oh, it's it's for sure dropped. Yeah, but, but it's I think not that's that been... still. I I miss the days and not to like overly praise Apple, but I miss the days when every streaming service was as curated as Apple. Yeah. Um, and they weren't just taking like random shots at things that they think might work or might stick. But it was like, you know, I mean, the the thing I always point to is like very early Netflix when it was really picking up steam was Stranger Things, um, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black. And it was like, oh, you're like going after very intentional quality shows. And now Netflix is just like throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. And I think they're also like picking up like shows that were on like cable TV. And then they moved it to that yep. too. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then they, they buy the rights to it and then they label it a Netflix original. And I'm like, that's yeah. not a Netflix original. That yeah, show the hard part, had seven seasons somewhere else. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, cause that's the problem. I think in the U S it was easy to tell that, but like anything that outside the U S that was a Netflix original, you're like, what? yeah, but that was the only good thing for me. Cause I watched a lot of those and Netflix actually wasn't in control of whether that got canceled. So I didn't have to worry about it getting mm-hmm. canceled. Cause I was like, Oh, Australia loves this. So I'm going to get 10 seasons. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. what Netflix says now. They kind of don't do that much, and now we don't know what mm-hmm. we're getting. Exactly. Well, and the, the other thing I'm seeing is there are some, there, and this is, I think, increasingly a problem, where somehow a network or a streaming service only has rights to some episodes, where it's like, we have seasons one through three and season five, and I'm like, okay, but what happened in season four? Like, that's, why, that's, why don't you That's have everything that on Amazon at this point. Like, Amazon is so weird. It's super frustrating. You know what the most um, but, frustrating thing is? You can watch all of the Mission Impossibles for free, except the third one. Yeah, that's nonsense. Like, what is that? Where is it streaming on HBO? <laughs> well, I have no idea where it's at, to be honest. I think part of them might be on Netflix. I think, like, two of them or something, or maybe mm-hmm. HBO. I don't remember where they are. I think two of them somewhere. But, like, Amazon, uh, the Prime video has all of them except the mm-hmm. third one, which you have to actually rent. That's really frustrating. Yeah, I just, I don't know what the long game is for streaming services at this point because shenanigans like this and then mergers that dilute brands and all that stuff are just very it, confusing as a consumer and it makes me not want to have as many streaming services yeah. and just like really hunker down in two of them and then when friends say have you watched this i can be like no i don't pay for that i do watch these shows yeah either give me your login which now yeah. is apparently a crime oh, um, God. or right <laughs> But yeah, it's a mess. But yes, Max. To end this all, yep. Max. 
Max, we are to the max, max and Warner Brothers stock going down 5%. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. I don't know what they're doing. Just don't it, touch yeah, my it doesn't make a lot Plus. of sense. I me. like my HGTV. It's great. I watch a lot of it. Don't leave it alone. I want, I'll pay $5 <laughs> for it. I don't want to pay 20 And I'm not watching Titans. Titans, I still am ashamed that all of you people got that five seasons of that. Uh, but yeah, so moving along, game prices. Um, we've been in a $60 standard for like decades, and we're creeping to that $70 standard. So I guess, what are your like initial raw feelings on this? Um, I think that it's kind of ridiculous, but it depends on like, you know, the... I guess like the team, like this, like Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever, what have you, right? Mm-hmm. But it kind of makes sense. Oh, don't hate me. I think it kind of makes sense in in the sense that, like, with AAA games, like right now, it seems like uh, AAA's have kind of taken a different turn in their like how they're going about making the games and productions and like the content with it, which could explain potentially why stepping that in that increase in price. Mm-hmm. Um, but does that mean that what they're putting out? is worth $70? I don't know. And typically in recent ones, like, you know, larger titles, they've kind of fell badly on their first release. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, which, look at The Last of Us yeah. on PC. Yes. So I feel very, like, a little bit in between a bit, but ultimately sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's fair. Sad. Sad, sad for my wallet, sort of yes. get where it's coming from. I'm kind of a little, I will say probably a little bit in the same boat of like, I can understand it, but I think there's a lot more at play and probably makes me more sad. I think I'm probably yeah. in the more boat of like the, what am I getting for the $70 at this point? Cause which we'll probably go into of like games have always technically been 60 plus dollars, depending on how you go things. But, oh yeah. And so <clears throat> keeping up, I understand the keep up, but there's just a lot of questions of like, is this necessary? And so mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not in the good stage of it. It's yeah, I I go very back and forth. I get that games are, you know, taking more time to develop bigger teams. But then I also see things where a game is like, if you zoom in on this person's eye, there's actually a reflection of the room they're in. And I'm like, you didn't need to do that. Like, that's a choice that you made. (laughs) And now you're telling me that I have to pay you $70 because you added a detail that I'll literally never use. Um, But yeah, I, I think I get where it's coming from. And I, I think like you guys are saying, for me, it very much is going to come down to the product that I'm getting in return. I think, you know, if I like when Cyberpunk launched and, yeah. you know, literally everyone had issues with it. If that had been a $70 release and I had gone into it, I'd be pretty upset. But then there's games that like Resident Evil Village, if I picked that up for 70 bucks, I'd be like, that's a little bit steep, but I had a really good time. So maybe less hard feelings. Um, and like Matt said, games have always actually been on the more expensive side and we've sort of been cruising uh under the radar i guess of of inflation and them and people not realizing that it used to be worse yeah i think it just takes honestly like one game to actually like fulfill all those boxes um and then people are just gonna like piggyback on that whether that is gonna be yep. a good like finished product or not that's just gonna set the standard which is really unfortunate exactly because I, I, I think, think the, the original thing. one is nba 2k sadly i think it's the first <laughs> That's one what and I was i'm gonna like say. out of all of them the uh, sports game really i love sports, sports game, games that arguably i feel like in my head and granted i don't play sports games so i'm probably gonna get flack for this i feel like they should release like a madden once every five years and release roster updates as a dlc as an actual person who plays sports games that's what we've been saying since about 2006 oh okay so i'm not i'm not crazy <laughs> 
Because, yeah, I just, every time I see it, they're like, here's a new game. And I'm like, did you adjust the AI? Did you actually tweak anything? So or you know is it what just they do, right? You know what they've been doing with sports games is they literally, with basically all of the economy, is they slowly take away about one feature to add a feature each year. And then, but the big feature is usually not big. And then okay. they revamp. And then the funny thing is, after about five or six years, they add the feature that they removed. Back oh, okay, into they're the just game. like, oh, you remember the the kicker system that we added in, you know, Madden 2017? It's back now. And you're like, like, you know what the funny you thing? You didn't have to take it out. For NHL like 21, you know what the big thing was? They added the uh, the NHL record book back. And I'm like, but that was already a thing. Why like, was why? that ever not yeah, there? Yeah, why was that not in there in the first place? Um, And then, like, you know, they'll add in like All Star games or something. You're like, but that was a bit in there. Like, who cares? Yeah, that's, man. And that's why I own a single sports game that doesn't have Nintendo characters in it. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I guess the, my, my question after that, um, seeing that we're all kind of of the mindset of, I get it, but I don't. How often do you guys actually buy games at full price? Rarely. Like what warrants that for you? To, to me, it's like, okay, it's the last game I bought full price and day of was Elden Ring. Just, but that's okay. because I'm familiar with the From Software um, games, and I like their mm-hmm. games. Uh, but other than that, typically I like buy like I wait till they're on sale <laughs> because they're getting so, so that, pricey. That's a whole yeah. thing. That is a whole thing. Yeah. It's is it patient gamer? Is that the subreddit or something like that? Uh, I'm not sure what the subreddit, but I wouldn't be it's, surprised. Yeah. There's a subreddit for it's, everything. Yeah, it's like it's like patient gamer or something, and it's literally just people who are like, I will wait a year so I can pick this up for ten dollars. And like, I get it. So I'm in the mindset to have a part of saying a passion. I, but as far as like my last time, I, I can't honestly remember the last game I fully purchased um, full price. Obviously, as a person who review games, there's a little difference because if I'm yeah. like, ooh, I'm interested in this game, I'll just go review it. And so it's a little different, which is obviously kind of a whole different conversation when it comes to like what the value mm-hmm. of a game is, whether you get it for like review purposes or you buy it. And obviously with the pricing. But no, as far as me purchasing a full game, I'm like, um, I I honestly couldn't tell you it's off the top of my head to be honest. It's been a long time because obviously, yeah. And, which is the other thing of like I guess depending on how people are because of these game prices and fluctuations and other stuff. I've I end up playing only like I pl- I've been trying to branch out, but I usually play a lot of games. But I game a lot, but I don't play a lot of games per se anymore. Mm, my yeah. games now narrow down to like five games that I rotate between over yeah. because. Hmm. That's what I'm sure we'll 500 talk about. hours in save six yeah yeah i have a i have like i think it's like i don't know like 75 days worth in final fantasy i have My like God. a thousand hours in anno like there's a ton of yeah <laughs> why do i need to buy other games especially as we talk about, i'm sure we get into like dlc and games of service and live service like yeah at some point why do i gotta buy a new game <laughs> i say with how expensive everything is it's kind of nice when you get that game that's sort of for lack of a better term a life ruiner yes where it's like this is all i'm going to do like yes i'm you know I think I'm like 190 hours deep into Stardew Valley. I would never and let like, a game ruin my life, first of all. Okay, guys? <laughs> we'll never let that happen. No. So proud. Okay, actually, that's a lie. <laughs> Mario Party, I think, was the last one I bought. There we go. When did that okay. come out? And that's only because that's a whole other issue of Nintendo. Well, yeah, yeah so I was going to say, <laughs> the games that, I, that I've paid full price for, um, I've gotten Resident Evil Village at full price, but that was because it was bundled with my Xbox. And I got Resident Evil 4 at full price, but that was because I had a gift card. And then the other games that I've bought at full price, I think have pretty much exclusively been Nintendo games because Nintendo doesn't put stuff on sale really ever or or very rarely. They just did that the Mario Day sale where things were $40 instead of 60. And like that Holy was a back. steep discount. A true for them. blessing. 
Hold me back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like people like you don't play Mario Odyssey or Mario Galaxy. I'm like, what the game that was seven years ago that's still sixty five dollars? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's it's rough, and I I feel like that is the biggest for me. That's like the biggest source of yeah, full price games is because I know I'm not going to get Pokemon for you know less than forty five fifty bucks maybe on sale. I'm not going to get a Mario game less than sixty, and so I have to evaluate like, is this a game I actually care about enough to buy it or is this one that like I'm good to just let go buy with Nintendo? So I did buy Pokemon, but I guess I did have like I saved up coins. I think I talked to you Alex about it. Like I actually saved up all oh, my yeah, coins yeah. to dump them all on Pokemon so that it was cheaper. So I didn't buy it technically full price. But yes, the Switch games. There we go. The two Switch games. Outside of that, I couldn't tell yep. you. Yeah, and so it's just it's a whole thing specifically with that company. But I think another thing, Matt, that you had brought up off mic was just. Um, inflation and you know consumer purchasing power and how that impacts how often we're actually buying things full price so uh, the reason i bring this up because people talk about how games have been up you know like in the 90s and everything of games were 50 dollars 60 dollars we've been at 60 dollars mm-hmm. forever blah, blah blah but also i mean you can we can talk about today's economy which is one thing but at the end of the day of like in the last 10 15 years of like everything has grown more to where like you know, whether it's gas, whether it's milk, whether it's housing, you know, the, mm-hmm. the what the consumer buying power has actually dwindled over the last 20 to 30 years. Yeah. And so while the game prices have stayed the same and you can argue that inflation needs to make them go up, people are paying more for half, for basic necessities. And so now yes. you're cutting into actual other stuff where it turns mm-hmm. into like you know beforehand it's like oh i can afford a game and i can afford to you know all my oh you know my groceries were fifty dollars now it's like oh this mm-hmm. game is 67 dollars, but my groceries are now 200 dollars. and so you're exactly. what you have for the spending power it's weird because like due to inflation yes the game prices and costs and everything else should go up we understand that but the people who are buying them are losing power of actually being able to buy things yeah. and at the end of the day the games is a not a necessity it is a basically a, a luxury um, yeah. yeah, and so that's what the hard thing of trying to explain that to people like well yeah but the inflation i'm like yeah but i also you know milk used to be a dollar now it's four dollars <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I, 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 oh, I would say that like though i feel that this is only applicable to triple a games but like with the indie games they're still relative the same like price waypoint oh, yes. so there's there's still more leeway there um in terms of like i guess that not being as pricey for people to kind of engage in Right, which we've also well, I, seen I think... to be, to be honest with the problem though of like it's been that one has been more lean towards the consumer, but we've also seen devs going, well, we also don't have the backing of AAA money, so we actually mm, need money. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the other thing for me with the inflation argument is that if you, you, you can pull up old Toys R Us catalogs and see that you know that game sold for fifty dollars in nineteen ninety six, which would really be this much today. And it's like, that's true, but the the glut of games back then was significantly smaller. Mm. And I think the pressure to play everything was significantly less. I don't remember, I mean, it was fun when you and all your friends had the same game and were playing it. But at the same time, like if you picked up some, like, you know, you pick up Banjo-Kazooie and your friends don't have it. It wasn't really like a big thing. It was like, oh, but we all have GoldenEye. So let's just talk about that. There was no like play absolutely everything. And so, I mean, also, you know, with like old game difficulty where it's like, yeah, Zelda is punishing, but when that's the only game that you have, you don't mind that it's punishing because you're, you know, you're getting your money's worth, you're getting your time out of it. So I think the the value proposition back in the day was also very different and spending what is the equivalent of $100 now or whatever on a game doesn't feel as bad when there's not 30 other games you're being told you should be playing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, we talked about the content at the beginning show, but like 
there's so much content and so much mm -hmm. consuming. You were mm -hmm. just told to consume, 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 consume that it's just like you eventually can't afford to consume. Or oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, well, and especially with games getting longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I can, you know, knock out a four hour game, you know, over the course of a Saturday or, you know, play a, a 10 or 15 hour game over a week or two. But then when we're getting games that are, you know, 40, 70, 100 hours, I'm going to play one of those a year. But they're releasing more than one of those a year. I, I play I play the same five games, six games. So we're good. <laughs> It, see, I that's my problem. Catherine, what type of so you obviously mentioned in game. So do you play like or from I guess from an average month to year or whatever? Are you playing like five to six indie games a month since the uh, price point? Are you playing like one or two larger triple A's per I mean like a year? Like I guess it, what is your type of playing it depends. of games? So I'm kinda okay. I kinda go all over so but mostly I play a lot of indie games because I just like them and they're a little bit more offbeat than your triple A right. genres mm -hmm. and titles. Which is interesting to me. But typically I'll do that, like maybe do three four of those depending on how the length of the indie games and then i'll maybe rotate like mm -hmm. one larger game and then like one like mmo style game to kind of like have that instant gratification that i like desperately need you know <laughs> <laughs> so i'll have that in my rotation so i kind of like go all over the place but even then it's still like a matter of choosing like which is like quote unquote worthy of my time and my money because um yeah, yeah. Right. Which the funny thing is because the other time, much we're talking about money and consumer buying time, time is the other big thing. Everybody just works so damn yeah. much. Mm -hmm. One, obviously, being kids versus being adults is one thing, but also just generally we're looking at, one, we're bringing back child labor, but that's another discussion. But like, we're doing like, you know, the time of what we're giving is getting shorter and shorter of what we have for what we're doing. So whether it's less buying power or just less general time, at some point factoring both of those in, you just don't have all of that equal. To what it was of like fifty dollars back then. Well, what what are you guys looking for in like in a game like nowadays? Like with given the time and money, what do you, what is your like ideal or sought after like seventy dollar game? What was that comprise of? So for me, I can tell you right now, my seventy dollar games are something that one I know I'm probably going to play for. It's going to be I know it will be constant. I look at one does the game work on launch? The most games I don't buy at launch, even if I could, mm -hmm. just because it. To be honest, most of them don't work anymore at launch, so I have to wait six months anyways. But yeah. even even if not, the games I'm looking for, I know, are we going to get constant support? Are we going to try to do some support? And also, like, I'm looking at a game that's probably, whether it's DLC or patches, probably something that I'm going to get at least 100 hours, if not more, out of. And then probably, if not for multiple years, and depending on the replayability of what we're doing. I'm also very strictly from what I play. I play a lot of Sims, city builders, management, mm -hmm. and then obviously MMO type stuff. And then obviously your sports games, but I play those off of Game Pass just when they come on. But no, for me, when I look at like my general stuff of like, I've just for the last like few years, like City Skylines, I've played like almost 100, Planet Zoo 100 plus, Surviving Mark mm -hmm. 200 plus, Anno 1000, <laughs> Victoria almost 200. Like those are things that like you can constantly keep playing and you're constantly, one, they're constantly getting easy content updates that are not huge, mm -hmm. like, DLCs as well either. So while they do get some updates and some DLCs, they're not, like, big, like, $30, $40 expansions. They're, like, $10 or something. Or yeah. here's, most of your game can be played for free or updated for Man, free. I think my what I'm looking for, it, it needs to work. I think, like Matt said, like, seeing that something has, like, a day one patch that's bigger than the game itself, that's a problem to me. Um... <laughs> Like that, that tells me that you launched a product, but you were not necessarily done with and then kind of rushed to patch out all the bugs. And maybe you didn't even get all of them. 
Um, so yeah, I think a quality product is kind of the main thing is, uh, I don't care as much about graphics. I, if anything, I wanted to have an interesting art style more than, you know, photorealistic graphics with ray tracing and, you know, better, uh, destruction modeling on the cars and all that stuff like there are really really cool things that technology can do that um while i can appreciate it it is not a must-have in a game like i'm okay with scripted car damage that doesn't really bother me um and and i think i'm looking for like matt was saying like either i want it to be a little bit longer or i want it to have replayability um and then the other thing that could sell it for me though is like if it's a social thing like if all my friends are going to be playing yes. it and then that for me that's a selling point like i um i picked up elden ring and i had it's i had played bloodborne a little bit but really this is like my first souls like proper souls like um but i picked it up specifically to play it with two other friends one of whom had already beat it and the other one who um i think had beaten dark souls and had not played a souls game since or something and so we're all at very different experience levels just kind of like playing it at the same time doing you know missions or not missions, but like doing stuff together online and just like updating each other and talking about what we're doing. And that made that game worth full price to me was the the social element of it and being able to enjoy it with friends. Yeah, because the other games that I do play is basically with Kate of like Kate and I play a lot and we actually review a lot of co-op game too of just like, Kate, do you want to play this or should we play this yeah. together? And like that is something when it does come into value, like will we buy it? Sure, because mm-hmm. can we play it together? And whether- Yeah, that's it's huge. Um, I think the other thing, uh, not a feature that I'm looking for, but a knock against a game being $70 is if there is planned DLC before the game even comes out, because that Ooh. tells me that you are cutting content out and then charging me for it. Pokemon? Fair. Yeah, but we, well, but, it, yeah. <laughs> but we've all like, I, no, kind of I, engaged I in that, that still, though, right? Well, yeah, we're all guilty I, of like, I, engaging in that, that DLC. I, I have a little bit, but it, it is a very frustrating thing it when is. they're like, hey, the game's out. And it's like, by the way, in a week, you're going to be able to give us $20 for five extra missions. And I'm like, yeah. why are those not just in the game? So here's the like, thing. Why I are do. those five missions special? So that's the thing about like a lot of my city builder games. Most of them, their full price is 30 to $40. And so I know there's content coming from those games, but I don't mind mm-hmm. because it is not the true $60 game either. They are the $30 yeah. to $40 range games that I know might come with a few more problems than usual. Or to, also, for, I mean, obviously I don't like what we've done a little bit, but I was I was a very big early access person for a while because mm-hmm. I liked that concept that I could get the game a lot cheaper. I know there'd be the bugs. They'll continually update it and eventually they'll fully yeah. release it and it'll be good. Um, obviously they've kind of used that to kind of get around some loopholes of ever fixing things and blah, blah, but as yeah, like games co- that are perpetually in y- development, yeah, but like, also available or like arc when they're like, we're in, we're in early access. We now have paid DLC. <laughs> and I'm like, you couldn't even launch the game first, but, but it, once again, it's another one of the things that in concept and theory, it was great. That that's something that I feel like the publisher or, or the, um, the store outlet needs to put a limit on. Yeah. Of like, you cannot mark your game as in development and then also sell DLC. Yeah, like, I mean, Battlegrounds for Hearthstone is still in technically beta or early access, whatever, and despite it's been five or like four years at this point or three years. I mean, yeah. it was another one of those that was great in concept, it was great in theory, and then capitalism happened, and then you're like, oh, well, yep. That Oh, and that's, I, I guess, um, in the same note of like, I don't like playing DLC, um, microtransactions in a game that I paid $70 for, depending on what they are, can feel very bad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where it's like, I gave you $70 and now you're like, yeah, but if you want this hat, give us two more. So I guess that's or the, pro- for it. 
I, I don't mind the right. grind part, but yeah. It, well, I, so I don't mind the grind, except there are times where people have like done the math on it, and it's like, oh, to grind for everything in the game would take you 900 hours, and that's assuming that you win every match you play. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so it's not achievable. Yes. So I guess that's the problem we have. Like, I'm not, and that's where we kind of weird, because I guess if we go to the other thing, like just find the $10 increase versus whatever, like when it comes to the DLC, I, I, I kind of mentioned a little bit of the game to service, like stuff that I know is going to have multiple years of content and support of stuff mm -hmm. and microtransactions. Like, it's weird because one of those, like, I've been a big fan of a lot of that stuff. I've liked the continuation mm -hmm. of games. I've liked the extending of games. But it has been one of those... We knew when this first happened, it was kind of a way because they knew games, they wanted more money, we needed developing costs, blah, blah, blah. And so they kind of like said, hey, we'll charge, we keep game prices low, but we charge you for more stuff. And now it's just kind of weird because it's like now you're charging us more money, but you still have all those extra realms of revenue. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's kind of been weird of like, I don't know. I'm I'm with I'm within the point of like I don't mind paying the seventy dollars if I know that's what I'm gonna get and I know if I'm and I don't even mind paying for DLC coming as long as I know it's actually like an actual like old school like expansion DLC and not like yes. the here three missions type things. But that's just sadly three not. missions, a golden handgun, <laughs> yeah. um, and and bonus knives every level. Yeah, I don't. are we talking about Destiny right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's saying I don't mind paying seventy dollars and having a good full on DLC expansion. Mm -hmm. What I don't like is paying $70. I still have to wait for half your game, whatever. I still have a bunch of microtransactions. I still have small little DLCs. And then, like, the DLCs being, like, like you said, of, like, stuff that's, like, why wasn't this in the game in the first place? This isn't, like, something new, yeah. exploratory. Like, this was literary content that you clearly had in the game, and you explicitly mm -hmm. sliced it off. Yeah, Which I Destiny remember... Destiny was uh, famous for when they start people messing around with all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, because Destiny also eventually started, like, removing DLC campaigns, right? Oh, God, yes. And retiring them, and yeah. Um, but I was going to say, I I feel like I, they've maybe lost their way a little bit. I don't know if this is still their rule. But at one point, um, I remember seeing, I think it was at E3, Nintendo was talking about their policy on DLC for any game is, how about you finish the game first, and then we'll see if we want to do DLC. Like, if anybody tried to float an idea of, like, and then we want to do DLC like this, they're like, is the game done? go back and finish it. And then we'll talk about your idea. Hmm. Um, and I just appreciate the idea of like, you should finish the product before you start looking at how else can we milk it, you know? Um, but that's also just that I like when I buy a game, I like to just have the game and to not need to fork out more money to experience the game. So I guess, I guess the person that plays indies, I'm sorry, you, Catherine, you are now designated indie person. I know Alex, you do mm -hmm. too, but you do I, the yeah, I play some indie you stuff, do but the not weird a ton. Game Boy stuff though. Like, <laughs> Oh. that's true I, i've played a few indie game boy games <laughs> but i guess for the are you a fan of like i guess the um dlc typed up i know it's kind of i would argue probably rarer in indie games but like how yeah. does that work for games that are smaller and concepts smaller and budget smaller and just everything uh, i guess i guess there's some games that are like indie that have dlc content like darkest dungeon yeah. has a couple of those um i guess more roguelike games have been coming out with like added Vampire content survivor just dropped a new uh a second dlc pack i think yeah, which which is kind of on the same beat that Alex was saying earlier, uh, where it's like, it, it could have been part of it, but they just added it on. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I think for the price point of like the initial game of indies anyway, like uh, that had DLCs, it's not, I don't feel mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense, because it's, it's like an even playful. The price isn't that high compared to like your 70. It's like 24, what, 19 bucks or yeah. like that anyway. 
Yeah, um, I think Vampire Survivor was like $5 when it dropped, and I think it still is. And I think each DLC has been $2. Yeah. But again, and it's, it's like, it's, okay. It just depends on the game and the content. Like, with Roguelike, yeah. you know, it's going to be endless all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would, wouldn't mind paying like 10 bucks for that. Yeah. Yeah. If Hades 2 had actually just dropped as Hades DLC, which I think it originally was maybe going to be, I would have paid another $25 for it because I trust <laughs> that team that much. So since we talking about the pen of value, because I know I do this all the time. So what do we feel about then free-to-play games and then buying stuff? Cause I'm, I, I, so I've been <sighs> thinking about that, yeah, because you have games like Fortnite where it's like, hey, you technically don't have to give us money to do this. It's never free, you guys. Oh, I know it's that, not. but I'm asking, like, do you feel good? Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's so many games that are free-to-play that, like, I play so much that I've probably given them way more money than if I would just paid $60 on there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just no, no. no? Okay, no. Okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, right. it, it comes it comes fair. down to just like your your discipline, I guess. Yes. Um, I think where you more get something interesting is when you get games releasing not for sixty, seventy dollars, but um, games releasing that should be free to play, but instead they want like twenty five bucks. Um, I'm thinking of very specifically Fall Guys when it debuted, uh. where it was like this is a perfect free to play game. People can buy these doofy little suits and colors and whatever like it's just cosmetics and then you just goof around with your friends online like it was perfect to be free to play and instead i think they hindered themselves by launching it as like a 25 dollar game and then i think like six months or a year later they made it free to play because they realized like we will get so many more people in here if we're not charging for it plus did it have enough like content like the like when it first launched had a lot of like hype right and people were playing it a lot but then it was like the same repeated map over and over, the same five Yeah, you maps, realize like, right? oh, I've done the same handful of levels yeah. over it. Like every first round appears to be this level for some reason. And I've heard there's others, but I'm not seeing them. So yeah. I'm going to show my age here. But I remember I played when League of Legends started up first time. So I've been used to the skin mm-hmm. game for like a long time. <laughs> and so it was weird seeing that stuff. But I didn't mind that. And it's like, I'm definitely not like a big yeah. like we need to buy all these skins. Like I think Fortnite's gone way too crazy. And I don't know. Oh, Fortnite that. has lost its mind. Yeah. But I mean, overall, like I just never bothered that. Can, can, I guess for me, like when I think of that Smite and yeah. Fortnite and the MOBA stuff that we've done. And just other games of like, I'm not gonna lie, like you give me a free to play game that I get stuff like Neverwinter, which I have, I've probably got like close to a thousand hours in. Mm-hmm. I probably spent way more than $60 on some of those damn yeah. things. And I don't mind. I mean, I, I'm not against the skin game. I think for me, it's just a matter of like, it can't be randomized. Like if I'm putting dollars in, I should pick what I get out. Yeah. So that's my thing. So I don't mind doing, I obviously this is not there here or there because it's kind of different than the loot box thing, which is obviously kind of where we go with the microtransaction fat stuff. I don't mind it. Yeah. I love the gambling stuff. People make up their mind. Point being, uh, this is why I hate Overwatch of like, I don't mind doing the, I can guess, but I should be able to buy what I want to buy. Yeah. And they, I, I feel like Overwatch 2 very specifically is one that you mean people 1. did the five that they converted to free to play yeah. that was still the same, but yep. also like, okay. Um, but yeah, but people, mess. that was yeah. one where they did the math and they were like, oh, this is, it's next to impossible to grind out for some of these old armor sets. Like it's, it's paywalled without being paywalled so that they can say it doesn't cost money. And I, and I think that that's where, like you were saying, loot boxes, I'm okay. Like I'm not a huge fan of loot boxes if there is not a more direct path to it. Cause Overwatch had it where you can just go buy the specific skin that you want, like with points that you've earned in game. Or you can give us five bucks for a loot box and maybe you'll get it on random chance. Um, but they at least did kind of both of those things. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think skins, it's really just like, I want a vending machine, not a Gashapon. 
you excuse me what <laughs> a vending machine where you where you select what you get. I, I know what a gosh. vending machine is. <laughs> uh, the little thing where you you turn the the key in a random like capsule with the toy drops out. They they, they had it back in the in the old times too from like twenty five cents. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I've never heard it called that. I guess the gumball machine is that we're going. That we're yeah. Getting I mean yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I want a vending machine, not a gumball machine. Catherine's like, I'm here with a bunch of olds. Hey, I'm old too. Okay. <laughs> um. So I guess moving. I guess on because obviously we probably move forward for thinking. I guess the biggest thing because we talk about the price and stuff and we do everything else and free to play. Mm-hmm. I'm still proponent. I guess the bigger problem we have is at the end of the day, if we're going to increase game prices, whether it's DLC, not DLC, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but, where but does like, the money go? What, well, not just where the money go, but like, why do I have day one patches? Why is performance so pretty That's bad? A fair why question, do I have to wait yeah. six months for the game to be what the game is? Whether it be Marvel Avengers, whether it be Halo Infinite at this point that like oh, we're going on year three and we still don't have a forge, I believe. I don't know. At this point, I gave up. Um, mm-hmm. What are we doing? Like... I know that one. I guess they did finally yeah. just give it view for free at some point. I think between Game Pass or the PvP version, foot it, dice it. But um, yeah, I, I well, guess I, that's I my think... problem with it. If I see prices going up, I just don't feel like the quality of what we're getting is better. And then like, we yeah, kind quali- of talk- quality is waffling. Companies are already profitable, so raising the game price really does feel purely like a greed move because I really doubt that that extra ten dollars is going into a developer's pocket as much as it's going into like a CEO's pocket. You know. Yeah. Plus, they know that um, they that people there are people out there who like want to buy it first day yeah. or in yes. in a, a certain amount of time because they didn't want to feel left out because right. of like either if it's mm-hmm. like a multiplayer game or something, you want to be able to play with your friends and you want to be able to like be there from the first day to grind out and understand like the the mechanics, the gear, hybrids, what have you, right? Mm-hmm. So they know, and we probably have done it. Oh yeah, I've done it. <laughs> I for sure done. I I, yeah. I Matt was telling uh, Catherine before recording. I just did it with Resident Evil Four, where I wasn't planning on buying it at full price, and then I was like, I do have that gift card. I guess I. And then I like was just like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I want to be in on it while it's happening, and not like, you know, digging through old you know tweets and forums and Reddit posts to like find out what gun I should be using where, and like I want to like do the learning and the messing around with everyone else, because it is it. I mean, unfortunately it is a different experience playing a lot of games at launch versus, you know, later six on. months later. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, I think it just depends on what you're playing. Like, I think the online stuff, like it, you definitely probably want to be there. I think if it's more of a single player, like we say, people wait a lot longer. You can do. Stuff. Oh yeah. Single. Yeah. Single player. It's easier. It's, I think the, the most frustrating thing is trying to get into a game, like an online game that's been going for a while that doesn't have uh, either good matchmaking or like any sort of, protections for like baby players like where you jump in and just get demolished because you have not had time to build up your weapons or armor that's why i retired from fps's because if you don't play seven hours a day from launch you just yeah you you suck (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) and i don't mind sucking but also i don't want to just get destroyed the whole time like at least let me go yeah the, the grind at that point isn't worth it it's not fun and then there's also like games that get patched so much that you can leave and come back and the meta is a completely different meta um, that happened to me with Overwatch. I played Overwatch a ton when it came out, took a break for like a year or two, came back and was like, I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. That's how I felt too when I, when I did that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I have to learn this again. But do I have time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh, Mercy doesn't work that way anymore. And this character's ultimate is different. And it's like, I don't want to like re-ingest all of that information. 
Yeah, I don't but maybe that's just being stubborn old people. <laughs> well, I guess the big because I mean the big thing you mentioned about the copy company being profitable, and I guess that's where I'm just kind of like worth the justification because like we've seen the industry's only got larger, companies have only been more yeah. profitable. Like they're it's not like we're like hey we're hurting we need stuff like, because obviously this kind of goes on the scale. Mm -hmm. It's unfair to like blanket all companies because you know like the smaller indie games yeah. you know you should probably. But like PlayStation is not going to shutter. Yeah, no. So them I, being like hey, ten dollars more. Activision's not shuttering, you know, Square Enix, I don't think you're shuttering even though you're selling everything, but sure. <laughs> um, but, like, we're not seeing, like, you know, everybody's announcing record profits and then, like, well, we need to pay $10 because inflation. I'm like, I, I, inflation means something, but also, if you're not hurting, then it's just greed. It's not just inflation, yeah. it's just greed. Actually, wait, go on, go on an adventure with me, Conspiracy Hats. Okay. Let's go. Is this just being done to drive people to gaming subscription services? So I would you can spend $70 or you can spend $15 a month and get it for free. So I would believe that for Microsoft, the problem is I don't know about the other, like a Switch, a Sony. Or... So that's the thing is, yeah, is Sony pretty famously did not include God of War Ragnarok in their streaming service. Um, and then Nintendo just uses their back catalog for their streaming service. So Nintendo, I think, is just following suit and like profiteering a little bit. But part of me is like, is this just to get people on Game Pass and and PlayStation Plus? I think it just depends because like was so wait uh, I don't know if Sony did it first with like subscription passes, but like when they when they did do it, like, the their what pay what's it called like PlayStation Play Now or something? Something like that. I, I love to it every six times. months. It wasn't great. that great. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. So it was like that because i did try that for a little bit but i felt like it for someone who actually played games even way back then of some of those older sony titles it seemed like it was only catered to that like the people who like had that nostalgia that wanted to go back and revisit those older games but didn't mm -hmm. appeal to like a larger library or audience for people like that are newer going into like sony um like titles right yeah so i don't know that, I'm with you because, like, even when they used to do game, uh, games with gold, or I think might have been before mm -hmm. even the playthrough, like, it's all just like, hey, do you want to play this five-year-old game? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and they're like, why? Yeah. And I'm like, I well, don't I, know, yeah, I but, like, it's... why do I want to play it? Like, it's good. I I'm like, like the... cool, but, like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Game Pass value proposition really came in when Microsoft acquired Bethesda and was able to just throw on, like, really big titles that even though they're five years old, you know people want. Being um, able to play ESO for free is great. Even well, exactly, I own yeah. it and I spent a lot of money on it, but like being able to play it for free is like that. Yeah, is anyone can dive into that. Anyone can get into Skyrim. Outer Worlds is on there, even though you can also spend $60 to own it. Although, I mean, owning is in heavy quotes, as you all know, like with digital rights and everything um, and the risk of like, oh, a server shut down or your computer is not connected to the Internet. You no longer have access to this. Um, yeah, it's I that, mean, maybe that that's something we haven't even talked about is you're spending $70 for something that you only 10% own. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like the new landscape for the whole, like, uh, do I buy digitally or do I buy a physical copy? Right. Cause that physical mm -hmm. copy was a, a huge thing for a while too, of like owning the copy. Yeah. Well, I guess that's my problem too. Cause my biggest problem with digital game or with digital games, I love digital game. I don't care about physical copy, mm -hmm. waste of space. We can go into whatever we need to do. But the problem is, we're talking about $10 justification. I should be already be paying $10 less for a digital copy because you don't yeah. pay for any of the other stuff in the first place. So why am mm -hmm. I now paying? One, those prices say, should you, have never you should have been pressing, the same. Pressing, boxing, and shipping a copy of, you know, Elder Scrolls Six is going to cost more than you letting me download a file. Yeah. Like the bandwidth is never going to equal 
you know, the server farm maintenance, like all that stuff. Like, because half the time you put in the disc and it's like, hey, we're going to download the game now. This is really just like a, a digital key that you've purchased. I mean, that's all they so, are. And that's been, the, I mean, I've argued, because I know you, you and I have argued back and forth about whether physical media is good or not. And people talk about preservation, blah, blah. But I've always, my big argument goes, but your physical media, they can make it if they want to not work. And they yeah. show that they can do that. And so that's why exactly. my biggest that, argument was you it's have like, just a digital key that you feel good about. You don't yeah. actually own anything. It was It was valuable for a while. And then it just sort of, tilted and i mean this is also kind of where like the internet has ruined games a little bit because like day one patches are possible because we can and before that you had superman 64 where like you (laughs) shipped a bad game and it is forever broken we do not have a way of fixing this which i mean it's good because i mean personally patches are great it love being able to fix it but it also it, oh for what, sure as everything else we've kind of used it as a yeah, crutch it's for now everything. we we ship you a broken product and if we decide that you no longer have it in two years then you no longer have it and like those are bad uses of it and i mean to be fair you can argue that uh, the real if you want to talk about put your hat back on like are we just now the <laughs> qa testers at this point i'm a little bit yeah, i mean so. look at uh look at um shoot what's it called anthem yeah, why would Aww. why would we even pay QA testers when I can just ship a broken game and have you all yell at me what's broken and then I'll fix it? Well, every well, and then they were like, we're gonna do Anthem 2.0, and then after like six months, they were like, actually, we're no, no, we're not. It's uh the game that you have is the game that you're getting, and we are no longer supporting you know future updates. The funny thing is, people like, always forget about Fortnite. At the end of the day, people some people paid ninety dollars for Fortnite. Well, it was because a different it was, game. Yeah, because it was a totally it was a different oh, yeah. game. And then they realized that their little Battle Royale was 10 Thank times you, better. And then they're <laughs> like, you know what? I know you all gave us all that money. It was great. We already built this free mode, but uh, y'all are screwed. Bye. Yeah. Can you even get the old Fortnite anymore? I don't, think I don't so. even know if it's even been accessible for a while. I think when that when that happened and it first launched, not a lot of people knew the original, I guess. It was pretty bad. Of, of Fortnite. Yeah, I, was I bad. was loosely aware that it was a spinoff, but when I played Fortnite, I didn't. I mean... I'm not going to say I had a bad time, but I wasn't like, oh, man, what's the single player 20 hour campaign version of this? <laughs> Probably not great. Probably it was wasn't, not, from no. what I saw, people play the original version that you paid for stuff and the beta. Stuff, it wasn't very good, to be no. honest. I mean, there was no Darth Vader. There was no DeLorean. There was I mean, no... we definitely didn't have that, but it definitely even besides that, it was not good. But yeah. Well, any any final thoughts on this? I'm just sad now. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like, how's how's everyone feeling now? Did we end in a dark place? I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I'm in a weird place because game development has one gotten larger, more expensive, more stuff, but obviously mm-hmm. the companies are still very, very profitable. So it's been a yeah. weird thing of like, I get you're costing more, but you're still making even more money. So what does it matter? I don't mm-hmm. know what we're gonna do before, whether it's subscriptions, whether it's licensing, whether it's just general of like, what is our games? It's just been sad of like. And I, like we we know most of the time it's literally not the devs' fault of like what gets yeah. shipped out. We know it's just some imaginary timeline thing, but it is very much of like I don't know because games are taking six plus years. You're doing a whole you're watching like one game of consulate life at this point, and I'm like I don't know what to yeah. do with that. And then if you make a mistake or you do anything, and then delays, and then Cyberpunk was supposed to be released two years before it was actually released, and they didn't even play on a PlayStation 4, but they didn't even have a PlayStation 5 when it released. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or when it was supposed to be released. I, I don't know. It's been weird because yeah. well, it's going to be expensive and that everything else outside mm-hmm. of gaming, which is what people seem to forget of like, a lot of people are actually just struggling to buy everything else, necessities, and 
yeah. you can make all the justification in your world, but at the end of the day, you, you are a luxury industry and an expensive yeah. one. <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's and i think that that maybe that's something we didn't touch on is that this is also an accessibility issue yes and like th this is part of what makes things like game pass game pass great where there are people who are like okay i can afford the cheaper xbox i don't really want to spend 70 dollars on a game oh i can pay 15 dollars a month like i can budget that i can carve that out of my budget from you know wherever i think that there's a value here it's a much better proposition for a lot of people and i think that maybe the most like one of the most disappointing aspects of bumping up to 70 is that like you are only going deeper into the territory of being a luxury you know if because at this point if a game is 70 dollars and your console is 500 dollars, you are at almost 600 dollars to play a game we're not talking about then if you want to add in the exclusivity of everything like people like tell me mm -hmm. you don't play the spider-man game and i'm like what spider-man game and they're like why don't you play it and i'm like you want to give me 600 dollars like, playstation <laughs> and yeah like what, like, what do you, you mean 600 dollars it's 50 dollars i'm like but i don't own a playstation I need six hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's a six hundred dollar game. Rough. You don't have to be sad, Catherine. It's great. Gaming's fun for everybody as long as you can afford it with a bunch of asterisks. Remember we can rent games. How bad? How oh, nice? Yeah. How nice? That is game is Gamefly still a thing? Yes, I don't it have is. Cable anymore. It is definitely still a thing. I, I think it's not uh, doing well, but it is a thing. I it just, just seems. Like, bring that back. Yeah. I think the problem, I to be fair, is that we killed physical media, which, for better or worse, has killed rental media or rental yeah. systems. And it's what I would love. This will never happen. But uh, Movies Anywhere for a while had a lending system where you could just like let people borrow games. If I could let people borrow the games oh, that God. I own on Xbox, I would love that. Like, and I feel like honestly, I you might get more people who are willing to buy a game. Although, actually, what you'll get is you'll get the password sharing equivalent, where like seven of us all chip in ten dollars <laughs> and take turns playing it. I mean, that's what they want, right? As long as you, everybody's playing, I know that's what they yeah, all. Yeah, well, I, so that's. I think that's the other thing, though, is it's like you can either get seven of us chipping in ten dollars, or you can get none of us buying the game, in a, in a model like that. Because I feel like they would only go deeper into like now games are 80. Cause what I want to know, these games that are like doing hundred dollar gold edition deal, you know, whatever bundles, what are those going to look like as game prices increase? I just hate that they, the, but the bundles have kind of got pretty bad. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The, like when I look at a game and it's like, well, which version do you want? And there's like four versions and I can barely tell the difference between three of them. And then one of them is $120 or whatever. And it's like, like, this sucks. This is not a fun buying experience. And we used to give you a cool statues that were probably maybe half worth it. Now they're just like, here's a, here's a tote bag. Well, because, yeah, now they're digital. <laughs> they're not going to give you a digital statue, Matt. Yeah, they give you a tote bag. Sometimes. <laughs> so dumb. Um, yeah, well, that's that's kind of all I've got. Um, are there uh, any, or Catherine, do you have any closing thoughts other than being sad? <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm just like thinking of nostalgia times and like, the the better days of our youth. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's, yeah. I mean it sucks because then they like gaming. They talk about the game price, but yeah, gaming was luxury. Then we made it accessible. Why are we trying to make it a luxury again? Yeah, yeah. And, and like, what at what rate are consoles even being pushed out now at this point? Too. Yeah. Like between new new iterations. So I mean, well, the, three, the 360 well. was like what ten years before that really went away. Yeah. Well, six. Was it only six? I mean, I I know I had oh no, three... I'm think I'm thinking of the PS2 that got like yeah the the 360 was only probably maybe 2005 to 2006s to basically about 2012 ish. 
Okay. Oh yeah. And then like 2012, 2013 is when we got the Xbox one. Yeah. And even that, I, I would say you could argue that the Xbox one didn't even get like the same amount of time because they rolled out the, the Xbox one X where they were like, we're going to do a half step con like half step consoles. I think are the worst, maybe the most annoying thing. Like the Wii U plus thingy, my <laughs> What was that thing again? The Wii U is a separate console. You're thinking of the Wii Motion Plus, the the better controller for the Wii. Was the Wii U even a separate console? Yeah, I have <laughs> <Was> one. It? <laughs> Just because you added the U didn't did anybody even know that? I mean, that's why it, that's a big part of why it flopped <laughs> yeah. is that nobody knew. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. So. I knew and it was a thing. That, that was about all I knew. It, the two things that hurt it, no one knew what it was because the name was stupid. It wasn't powerful enough. And asymmetrical gameplay was not an idea people could wrap their heads around yet because that was one of the cool things that it offered was like one person can play on the gamepad while everyone else is on the TV. And people were like, that's dumb. I don't get it. And now we have um, Dead by Daylight, Friday the 13th. Like, a, like asymmetrical is a thing now and people just do it online. And Nintendo 10 years ago was trying to give it to you in your living room. <laughs> It's I fine. don't like the phrase trying to give it to you in your living room. <laughs> get us out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you guys have any <laughs> any uh, content that you want to plug for a, another bad word choice? I'll go for it. I saw the Mario yep. movie. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was it's good. not the greatest thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world. I enjoyed it. I had fun. It's better than the Bob Hoskins version. Oh, I mean, that wasn't hard. That bar was very, very low. That's That's fair. Um, I'm waiting to see the movie to make to make a judgment call. That's fine on that. Yeah, I'll be disappointed. I will not be swayed by online critics and stuff like that. I think I'm gonna have to. As a person who reviewed that movie, how dare you? As as an online critic, (laughs) as I as well. Um, But that's about it. That's all I got. Yeah, Um, I'm playing the Resident Evil 4 remake and having a great time with it. Never played the original, so I don't know what's going on. There is just a boy grandpa and giant bugs, and I'm having a good time. Wait, which game was that? Resident, oh. Resident Evil 4. Oh, yeah. Nice. It's pretty fun. What do you got, Catherine? Uh, I actually am not playing a game actively right now. Uh, oh, actually, no. Lies. Okay, I'm actually playing Halo, <laughs> the, the uh, collection right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, this is the problem. Okay. I always like, why do we make these games? And then you two come back going, I'm playing Collector's Edition and Remake. And I'm like, ah, oh, I found the people who I didn't. I it. didn't play. I didn't play the original. I just, my first introduction was like Reach for Halo, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So I mean, then, if we want to go. I, oh, sorry. Continue. And then I, and I got into Destiny. So I'm just going, I'm retracing hmm. my steps, the roots. So you're going better. You're going Reach. backwards to the better editions. Got it. But bit, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Sure, Matt. Sure. Um, Reach isn't bad, though. That is kind of all that we have for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to drop us a like, subscribe, retweet, review, uh, whatever like positive engagement you want to give us online, we will take it. Uh, also, be sure to check out the website, check out the YouTube, the Twitch. We got a Discord you can join. Uh, uh, we have an Instagram and we have a Patreon. If you want to go like another level up and maybe give us a little bit of money for what we're doing, uh, we would very much appreciate that. Um, I've been your host, Alex. You can find me at most always Alex on Twitter and scattered in the back catalog of this podcast and on Friday.com for genre and horror news. And I am on the, but why though discord usually lurking, but uh, if you at me, I will probably reply. Uh, Catherine, where can people find you? Assuming that you want to be found. Oh, I never will be found. Um, I'm always invisible and offline, but okay. if you could find me and, and I'm online, it would be uh Keiko Parsons uh, on 
underscore at Twitter, and then on Discord as Keiko Parsons Ball, and every other platform there is on the internet. That's where All I'm right, at. and Matt, I'm also on the backlog of the, the <laughs> podcast. Um, if you don't want to listen to that with Alex as well, we did plenty of great episodes together mm-hmm. a long, long time ago. Part of the physical digital media catalog of reminiscing nostalgia, which was are we going to release a CD box set? A greatest hits. That would be great. But no, we would not. Uh, but no, you can find me, I guess. Uh, I guess, do we call it Twitter these days still? Um, Twitter Blue? The sure. Bird app. I am not Twitter Blue. <laughs> hell? On the, yeah, on, on I the I think birth. the Hell app is what I hear people call it. The Doge app. Because um, we had that for a little while at dat oh, M18, yeah. D-A-T-T-M18. And obviously I'm in the Discord, but you don't have to find me there. That's probably won't respond to you. (laughs) (laughs) Just post some Furbies under shit posting and Matt loves it. Uh, Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time.